0: Braves country is certainly a good place to be right now.
1: Anytime you get a winning streak, it's all good. You're doing pretty good in all phases.
0: From the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, this is the Braves Report presented by Kroger, the podcast that takes you inside the clubhouse and gives you the stories behind the score of a six-game winning streak. I'm Jay Black with AJC Braves beat reporter Justin Toscano coming to us from Chile, Kansas City, Missouri. And, uh, Justin, last week we talked about the need for the Braves to get four or five wins during this week. They got them all.
2: Yeah, they got six. Um, and this is what you're supposed to do. What's that old adage that you, you win 60 games, everybody loses 60 games, and it's what you do with the other 40? That's kind of this case. You're supposed to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. They did that, and now it's on to a team that they struggled against. We'll see how it goes, but right now this was a very good week, all things considered. But it feels the Red series going into that and then leaving the Royals series – Feels like two different weeks.
0: All right, coming up, we will talk about how the Braves use their incredible depth to pull off the six-game winning streak, what Vaughn Grissom learned during his short stint in AAA, the historic pace that the top of the Braves lineup is on, why one of the Braves best is going to be back this week, and we'll answer your questions in the Ask Justin segment. This is your first time listening to the show. Welcome aboard, and please make sure you follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, presented by Kroger. And did you know, Administrative Professionals Day is coming up in a couple of weeks. It's April 26th, and if there's someone in your life that you need to celebrate, Kroger has you covered with everything from greeting cards, gift cards, and more. So visit your local Kroger store or go to Kroger.com today.
3: Ocean Breeze. Tropical Beach. Pina Colada.
0: Uh, Justin, in the year plus that uh, we've done this podcast together, I can't really remember a week where we had so many good and unique things to talk about, maybe outside of the sweep of the Mets uh, last October. Uh, so this could be a very long show, so everybody strap in.
2: Yeah, and, and if you're listening to us from Atlanta and your commute, you probably have an hour to spare. So exactly. uh, we, we, will, we will help you get from door to door. Um, but yeah, I don't, in terms of just the breadth of things that happened with the different players they happened to and the different contributors that we witnessed over a week, like I said in the open, it feels like two weeks. There's a ton to talk about, some bad, a lot good, um, and a lot we're just kind of going to go off the rip here.
0: And we'll uh, lead off with, of course, what happened on Sunday. And, and the theme throughout this show is going to be the, the depth of the Braves roster. So let's begin with Sunday's hero, who got here on Friday, Vaughn Grissom with a go ahead single on the ninth.
1: The big thing, you know, about that kid is he's got good bat to ball skills. He puts it in play. I mean, it's, he'd be hard to guy to defend because he sprays that thing all over and he's up there swinging. He's aggressive, um, you know, and he, and he puts a bat on the ball. I mean, and when you do that, good things can happen. And, and um, that was big right there.
0: And Vaughn says he wasn't even trying to get a hit. I knew
1: I just had to do one job, just get in the third. And hopefully one of the bets behind me take care of it. But yeah, I'm, I'm happy he
2: got through to expand on that Olsen, you know, kind of thought it was good that you just, it seemed like you didn't try to do too much and just shot it over to that right side. Is that a conscious thing? Like, hey, I just can't do too much. Stay within yourself and, and see where it kind of leads. Yeah, it's, it's easy
1: to, you know, that pitch was a hanger. You right. know, it's, it could have been easy to pull my shoulder and hit a ground ball short. That would have been the easy route. But, uh, yeah, just, just stick through it and just know, like, just trust the guy behind me. Like, that was really, like I said, that was my only job was just to get this guy to third.
0: Pretty mature response from the kid there.
2: Yeah, I really like that from Vaughn Grissom. Um, and when you're sitting so high in the press box, uh, here's a pretty good here's a pretty good view. But it's like you're not down there. You know, I didn't see the pitch from where Vaughn Grissom did, or even where the guys in the dugout did. You know, or even on the replay um, until I got back up there. Matt Olson brought up the fact that hey, he just shot over the right side, didn't do too much um, with that pitch. It was a hanger, dead center. 83 mile an hour slider from Scott Barlow, uh, Vaughn Grissom could have put it 410, 415 feet. He did, you know, the more mature thing. He shot it over down the right field line um, and scored Ozzy Albies, who had doubled before that. I think that's really, really good. I mean, obviously Vaughn is known for his bat to ball skills, um, and that. That's something that's going to help him stick. Uh, he's a tough out. He doesn't strike out a lot. This is a guy who, when he came up over 40-plus at-bats, had only struck out four times um, before the team recalled him. So that was, I thought, a really, really mature at-bat um, and a mature response to the the situation. Um, that was really good. That that was one of the many um, encouraging things that we saw in this series. And what about Ozzy, man? Holy smokes.
0: Yeah, oh, by the way, with all the lineup is done, uh, Ozzy Albies is still in it. <laughs>
2: yeah, seriously. And I know he struggled. Um, he entered Saturday's game batting two fourteen early in this season. But you go 5 for 9, 2 home runs, 5 RBIs. Uh, I think that'll do over the last two games of the series. He just said that he's always working hard. It's paying off now.
0: I always work hard no matter what. Um, I don't give up on anything. So, you know, with this game, you're going to... Make uh, commit mistakes and then, and the turns around. It's going to be good. So you just got to keep going without
2: looking back. We probably, for as much as we talked about last season, as much as we talked about over the off season, did we speak enough about Ozzy Albies not being in that lineup last year? I don't think we did, and the reason I think is that is is because the Braves have such an embarrassment of riches. They have Austin Riley. They have Ronald Acuna. They have Uh, Matt Olson. They have Michael Harris. Um, They have so many great pieces in that lineup, so many dangerous pieces, star level players that we forgot one of the big ones. We forgot one of the OGs, one of the guys who's been here since they were on the come up. And I think Ozzy just provides you a a different dynamic. I mean, he's a great hitting, you know, second baseman, um, you know, one of the best in baseball when he's going really well. He's one of the few who struggled to find it so far this year, but. It really, really adds another dimension. Um, and really, to be honest, I guess, the reason we didn't talk about it as much were because the two guys filling in, Orlando Arcee and Vaughn Grissom, they swung the stick too last year.
0: And let's dig in a little deeper on Vaughn a little bit because he had he's taken a the very the long route uh, where where we kind of expected him to be uh, at this time of the season, which was in the major leagues. And you and the rest of the beat reporters talked to him on Friday about how he handled his demotion, and what he got out of Triple-A.
1: Obviously, you want to break with the boys. You know, these are these are like the group of guys you want to be playing ball with because it's the best in the business. But uh, I understood my assignment, you know, whatever you want to call it. But uh, I knew that, you know, there was a time it was going to come or whatever it was, and I just needed some marinating to, you know, be done at short or whatever it is. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad to be back. And, you know, it's it's. Uh, I knew eventually we'll, we'll find our,
2: our way back together. <laughs> I mean... Maybe not in an unhealthy way, but when something like that does happen, does it add a little bit of extra motivation? Or does it, I mean, I guess, give you a little clarity on what yeah, you, you need to focus on? Yeah, obviously, you want to prove everyone wrong. You know,
1: that's, like, part of every athlete's, like, dream is to prove everyone wrong. But um, it was just, like, take care of the business, and that's that's as far as I can go with it. And uh, I've, you know, Wash and all these guys, they have good insight, so it, they keep my head on straight, so it's good.
0: I mean, it's only been, you know— less than a month, 3 or 4 weeks since um, you last saw him in big league spring training, but do you see a difference in his game now?
2: Uh honestly, no, because it's been too it's been too soon. Um and look, like Friday night was a little bit of an adventure. Um there was one play he double pumped and I went back and watched that to see maybe who was culpable and Matt Olson got pretty much over to the bag as quickly as he could have. Uh, And I watched the overhead view, watched the different replays. I mean, he, Vaughn double pumped, didn't get it there in time. Uh, There was another play where his throw back to Charlie Morton, who was covering first, went whizzing by Charlie. It could have been a better throw, but the error was on, you know, was charged to Charlie um, after a change. You don't really see pitchers getting error like that a ton, but it was, you know, the throw was online. It wasn't that bad of a throw. It was just... You could tell maybe, maybe I don't know if there were some nerves or if it sped up just a little bit. He, you know, and then he makes an error uh, on a ball hit right to him, but then he makes a great sliding stop uh, to end the inning, and then he plays, you know, solid defense the rest of the weekend, including a six-six-three double play that helped Kyle Wright escape third inning without further damage. Uh, Kyle only gave up one in that inning; would have been different had Vaughn uh, not shuffled over there and gotten those two outs he's just gonna need like he said some marinating and I think mostly Von Grissom seems really humble and I don't know if the option the you know the assignment humbled him um not to say he ever wasn't humble or that he was ever cocky or you know that he wasn't mature but I just think he took such a mature tone to a lot of those questions not only after Sunday's game but before Friday's game uh when he was called up he said it multiple times hey I just needed to do some marinating. Um, you know, hey, it's repetitions. Um, I believe in myself, but it's hard work. It's repetition. I needed some more time. He hasn't had a ton of time and obviously he's getting called up out of necessity. And let's face it, the Braves probably didn't have another option here. Braden shoemaker at the time was hitting like 180 in AAA uh, when Vaughn was called up to, to be in the majors here to, in place of Orlando Arcia. Um, who's MRI and a cat you know CT scan revealed a micro fracture, but you know, it's, it's early on, but Grissom, this is pretty much on the job training right now. Uh, this is earlier than the Braves expected to need him. There's going to be some bumps, but it's kind of like Brian, the message that the Braves have had for him is, is what Brian Snicker talked about after Friday's game asked what he, you know, he wanted Grissom to take away from that one, just that he's going to play the next day. Um, and I think that's how he's going to take it. And the rest of the weekend went really, really well for Vaughn. Um, And he had an RBI, you know, RBI on his first at bat back. So he produced this weekend. We'll see if the, you know, the defense kind of rounds into form a little more. Um, But you could have worse options filling in at shortstop by a lot.
0: How long is Grissom going to be filling in? How bad is R.C.'s injury?
2: That's the Braves didn't release a timeline. It's tough. You never know. Uh, He shouldn't need surgery after 10 days or so they should be able to reevaluate him again and see kind of where he's at how he's progressing how he's healing um but with a microfracture, you'd ever, never never know and brian snicker didn't want to speculate on that um everybody heals differently that's very true um but you know and so who knows how long it's going to take uh but until rc is back it'll it'll be grissom
0: one guy who is back, or almost all the way back, Kyle Wright, who said he felt a lot better in start two. It was a lot
4: better in the first. Um, obviously happy that we won. Um, I Thought I like could have thrown the ball a little bit better, but for the most part, sinker was really good, curveball is really good. Um, Got to continue to be a little bit better against lefties. Um, but I think for the most part, thought we threw the ball pretty well. Defense made some nice plays, and um, was able to be fairly efficient for the for the most part. Besides the one inning, but um, overall pretty happy with it.
2: Especially the, those first two innings, that was the guy that we expected, a hundred percent. And you looked at some of the batters, look at some of the swings they were taking. Man, guys like a guy like Salvador Perez, getting him, I think, two straight pitches, two straight curveballs that actually dipped below the zone. Those are the reactions that Kyle wanted to see from his stuff. He said his stuff was moving really well. It seemed very crisp. The biggest difference, though, was that whether you know, it's just more rhythm. He didn't really speed himself up other than that third inning. And I think he was really working, kind of working back um, into the habits that he had before. And I kind of talked to him about that.
4: I think for me, the whole situation is a little weird, just because I'd never been hurt before. Um, and so I think kind of the way—I don't know if I—I I don't know if I was even able to like. I was so focused on getting my shoulder right and getting healthy that I think I probably, you know. I think it was good that I was able to focus on that because I'm back now and I'm ready to pitch, but I think at the same time I probably neglected a few things. Like I talked about my last time, just kind of some of the mental stuff, the routine, just kind of going over that stuff. Um, and then just, some of it's just like, uh, you know, getting pretty big on just like uh, imagery and some I've worked with Zach on just like putting yourself in the situations before it happens. Um, that's something I didn't do at all. Like I said, I was just so focused on like getting my shoulder right, making sure it was helping this, that, and the other. Um, so I think that was probably I think that was my main focus, which it should have been, obviously, but um you know, I think now now that I'm back healthy, pitching a game, feel good, still after that outing, like now I'm doing all those things that, you know, I, ideally this doesn't never happen again, I don't get hurt again, but if it does I have a better idea of how to still attack things and make sure I'm prepared and ready to go.
2: So now you can work back in the mental routines and that the good habits that way because the other stuff is taken care of yeah
4: exactly you Now, obviously like in this game the most important thing is your health because you're not healthy you can't play um so like i said i think it was you know well served to be focused on it but like i said there's just so many things like in this game that you don't really think about unless you're in those situations and that's you know offensively defensively hitting um coaching whatever it may be um so i think that you know kind of getting myself back immersed into a game and Kind of experiencing those, and now having things I like can focus on and work on, and um, be better prepared
0: for. Um, I think I think it's good. The thing that surprised me out of that was him saying I hadn't really been hurt before, and I wasn't really prepared for it.
2: Yeah, um, he's never missed time before, and I think the interesting thing about that is I don't want to dive too much, you know, into to him on the cause who knows, but I think when you're a player who goes up and down. There's a little bit of extra pressure to stay on the field because, as he said, in this game, health is everything. Uh, you can't pitch if you're hurt. And so, when he was a guy who wasn't as established, wasn't as settled, man, you're really going to, you know, you almost compensate for the pain um, and some of the inflammation and some of the tightness or whatever. And you just keep pitching through it. Um, and obviously, last year in September, he kind of had that, or in August, they kind of gave him some extra time. Um, because his arm was feeling a bit dead. But I think it's really interesting that now he took that time, and you're not really going to take that unless you need to when you're a player who's going up and down. You're not established, you're not settled. And Kyle Wright, as we talked about a lot in this podcast in the spring, said that he's really been feeling this since 2020. Um, so this is really the first time he was missing time because of a quote unquote injury or just being hurt. And He had to relearn everything. Um, And I think it's – I found it fascinating how he talked about the imagery um, and just like using imagery with Zach Sorensen, the mental performance coach for the Braves, um, and just putting yourself in in situations um, so that when you actually reach them in real life, they're not foreign to you or using your breath, doing things like that. The things that he – that got him here, he almost abandoned unintentionally – Because he was so focused on healing, Um, he was so focused on how did the shoulder feel? How does it feel? What are we doing going forward? Am I going to stay healthy? All of that is good and well. You should be focused on that. I don't think that, you know, that's not a knock on himself and, you know, what he was saying. He was just admitting that, hey, there's a lot. When you pitch in the big leagues, there's a lot to put together. And it just... Conversations like that are really intriguing for me because it just shows you how small the margin for error is and how much you have to put together to be successful on a mound.
0: You know, it's been a busy week when it's taken us this long to get around to the Braves electric bats and how much the top of the order has been bashing everybody's heads in at the moment.
5: When you barrel it, uh, you don't feel it too much. It's the goal. It's always been told uh feels like a marshmallow coming off your bat.
0: Uh, Matt Olson explaining what it feels like to hit a baseball at 119 miles an hour, and uh, there's been a lot of uh, marshmallows lately.
2: Yeah, um, Ronald Acuna, who entering Saturday had a leadoff hit in you know in the first inning in nine of 14 games. Um, Acuna, Austin Riley, and Matt Olson—I should say Acuna, Olson, Riley—in um, proper order. Those guys lead major league baseball on a lot of categories or they're tied for the lead, at least entering Saturday. When I last checked the specifics, you know, they were tied for the lead or led and average hits home runs in the first inning. It's pretty crazy that you have a lineup this good one and two that it's this dangerous from the jump. Uh, when you're burying teams, the Braves don't have a bad pitching staff either. The pitching staff's really good um, when it's at full strength and even in the small hiccups that the bullpen has had or a couple bad starts that they've had you know, from the starters, the pitching staff as a whole is still, I think, really good. Um, and so when you're setting the tone like they are at the top, that makes it really, really, really tough for teams. And it all starts with the Acuna. I think, as Matt Olsen told me um, or told us after one of the games, number one, he can hit the ball 480 feet. But if he gets on first, he's almost guaranteed second, especially with the new rules, uh, because he's just going to swipe a bag. Then he's in scoring position and a little blooper or even a ground ball. The shallow outfield can get him home. He's just electric. Um, and then you got the two boppers, Olsen and Riley. This has got to be it's in the top three top of the lineup trios in baseball, I think. And when it's going like this, it's the best uh, just because you've got two home run hitters and guys who can spray it everywhere, like a guy like Matt Olson, who uses the whole field. Um, Austin Riley is, is just on one right now. I mean, he's just really on fire. This could not have been a better start for the top of the Braves lineup. Um, and when those guys are going early, as they've been so good as they have in the first inning, it's really, really tough for teams when you get out there, you take your first at bat, and you're already down 2-0, 3-0, even
0: 1-0. Fifteen first-inning runs seven first inning homers and the Braves are eight no this the season when they score in the first inning
2: yeah that'll do uh, 15 first inning runs in 16 games yes. uh, that's 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 pretty good I know there's a couple crooked numbers in there but when you're starting that early um, that's really good I for for as much as we talk about the Braves being a team that never says die um, a team that is never out of a game, how they fight scratch and claw to the end. As Brian Snickers said today, how it's always a tough 27 with these guys. They start, they've been starting really, really early. They haven't really needed a, no. a lot of those late game heroics. I mean, they've made it interesting when they've been down at times, but man, I mean, they've just, it's almost felt like a familiar formula. Like a, just a familiar script in terms of scoring in the first or second or third inning um, and kind of holding on from there. And it's, it's weird because last year we had, we covered so many great games and so many nail biters. This year, I I know some of it's because they played the Nationals, Reds and Royals to this point. But this year, and I guess that Red Series was really interesting, and those are some great games they ended up being. But a lot of these games haven't felt awfully close, and that's really strange because it that I think that just goes to show how good the team is and how deep the team is.
0: And do you know who is leading the team in OPS?
2: It is... None of the first three guys you mentioned? No. It's... uh, Hold on. Hold on. It would have to be... It's Murphy. It is Sean Murphy.
0: Remember that time when people were complaining to us about Sean Murphy? Those days are over.
2: Every year, you can go on social media and... And you can take like a bunch of posts and you can package them and you can show them to the rest of the world as the cautionary tale of social media and why it can be so heinous sometimes. People were getting on Sean Murphy after a bad series in Washington three games. It it just, they were on him after a game and a half just because he had a rough opening day. The numbers on him are just ridiculous. I mean, to this point, like, I, I just think. I looked it up yesterday, and at, at after yesterday's game, his last six balls in play had been put in play at over 100 miles an hour. Um, and, I mean, he opened the season 3 for 20 over his first seven games and then was 9 for 19. Uh, so that'll play. And then I'm just going to read, hat tip to the Braves PR team um, for these great game notes. Can I just read these, Jay? These are insane.
0: You can read the game notes, yes.
2: Okay. Each of Murphy's last 10 hits, entering Sunday, had gone for extra bases. Oh, I guess, did he have a hit? Okay, I think that one still stands. Each of Murphy's last 10 hits had gone for extra bases, um, dating to April 6th. Seven doubles and three homers during that streak. That streak of 10 consecutive hits for extra bases is the longest run of consecutive extra base hits in Atlanta history, so since 1996, and that tied the mark set by Gary Matthews Sr. in 1979, and he had 10 in a row from June 17th to 23 of that year. So Murphy is one off. Um, only one player in Braves franchise history, so since the 1900s, uh, the modern era, has a longer streak, and that's Wally Berger of, you know, Burger, the Boston Braves. He had 12 consecutive extra base hits. Uh, the last player in baseball with at least 10 consecutive extra base hits was Do you want to take a stab at this one? He's kind of uh, a star. I, I, re- I read the game notes, so I not know the answer. Go ahead. Oh, okay. All right. It's Alex Bregman, 11 in August of last season, and the last catcher was, man, Dustin Garneau. I wouldn't have thought that the last catcher to do that would be so soon, 2021. I, w- I would not have expected that either, but here's what uh, I re-
0: was really impressed with what Murphy told you about how this hot streak's going. Oh,
5: that's nice. Um... Uh, yeah, getting hot's always good, but uh, doing it early uh, and just showing the rest of the guys you know that you, you belong with them and you know you're here and you can help. So, um, yeah, going well right now. Just uh, so trying to stay
2: consistent and go. Any adjustments you can point to or anything that's working particularly well right now? Nope, no adjustments. Just same guy. I'm just doing what I was doing earlier, but I'm just doing
0: it better right now. The reason that was kind of hard to hear is he's kind of mumbling because this is no big deal. This is what he expected.
2: Yeah. um, I even asked him because Matt Olson had something really good on Murphy from Friday night uh, where he said that, hey, you know, basically saying he knows how it is. The first couple weeks of the team, you feel a little bit of that added pressure uh, when you're coming into a new environment to perform pretty quickly. And Matt Olson said he didn't realize it at the time, but he started to once he reflected on the season. And so basically he said, hey, once Sean Murphy had that game on Monday with the walk off homer, you know, to win over the Reds he said that that was kind of his coming out to Atlanta party. Um, and I asked Sean Murphy about that. Like, hey, was there a little added pressure? And he, he said that, honestly, no, there wasn't. Um, he said that he's just tried to be the same guy. Eliminate, not pay attention to the external pressures um, and just keep doing what he's doing. And hopefully it falls into place. That clip we just played of Sean Murphy, that's Sean Murphy. Like, great guy, super nice in my dealings with him, really complimentary of his teammates. But when he's talking about himself, Super humble, just another day's work, just wants to do his work and play ball.
0: All right, now the stars are not the only ones that have powered this team coming up. How the Braves have found even more depth on this roster than we expected and when the reinforcements are going to get back. This is the Braves report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, presented by Kroger.
3: What's so great about being a Kroger Boost member? Free delivery on the Kroger products you love and more rewards, too like double fuel points on everything you buy. Experience a new level of membership, starting as low as $59 a year with Boost by Kroger Plus. Learn more at Kroger.com today. Ocean breeze, tropical beach. An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com.
0: Now, If you cannot get enough Braves coverage, there's only one place to go. That is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution at AJC.com. And to get everything that we have to offer, to get everything Justin writes, to get all of our great analysis from our columnist and our features from Gabriel Burns, subscribe to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And You can do that for only 99 cents for the next three months. That is 99 cents for the next three months. You get also access to our newsletters, the Braves report, and Bradley's buzz, the e-paper, and our Sports Insider feature. So to join our community and get everything that we have to offer go to subscribe.ajc.com podcast that is subscribe.ajc.com podcast so you always know what's really going on and uh, we don't have this on ajc.com we only have it here for the podcast uh justin's review of uh, jack stack's barbecue where he filed one of his stories in kansas city missouri
2: oh yeah um no it was man it was awesome like no Free ads usually, but we we make a couple exceptions. You're kind of loosening up on that a little bit. Well, they're they're year.
0: outside our market, so we probably wouldn't be offering them advertising. Uh, but if there is a barbecue restaurant um inside Atlanta that would that would like to support our show, uh, email advertising at ajc.com. That's advertising at ajc.com.
2: And okay, if you do that, I won't even. Care how the food is. Uh, No, (laughs) Jack Stack was Jack Stack is great. Um, I'm a sucker for smoked sausage. I love burn ends. These are the best burn ends I've ever had Mm. um, at Jack Stack, Uh, and they give you some pickles on the side. That's nice. I'm not a huge pickle guy, but I feel like it works with barbecue. The hickory pit beans were good. I opted for one of the days. I opted for. I had lunch with Mark Bowman, our colleague who works for MLB.com, and we went to Jack Stack. One of the days I had this, like, roasted garlic butter broccoli. Like, as hmm. a side, it was, man, I... I. And takes ooh, all the I,
0: health benefits out of bark, uh, bro- broccoli, it sounds like.
2: Yeah, yeah, and uh, I honestly wasn't feeling barbecue when I flew here on Thursday, but I just knew that this Went place is home to Jack Stack.
0: How's the barbecue in uh, San Diego? They do barbecue in San Diego?
2: Yeah, they do barbecue in San Diego. There's this place called Phil's Barbecue that okay. I don't... I think it still exists, but uh, <laughs> they've got a location at Petco Park and that was like a big barbecue place. But man, I we can't say the name of this place I go to on the podcast because it's like a bad word in Spanish. Not like a bad <laughs> word, but it's like but it's like got there it. is this place downtown in the gas lamp that I am very excited to go to because I don't know if a lot of people know this about me on this podcast, but I love rolled tacos and like when I go home to san diego or like visit my parents i'll always get taquitos and like for a week at home i might eat like 40 45 taquitos like for like seven days six days like Impressive. i get like i i it is all i eat like i love it it's incredible so it's okay if we don't have you know a ton of barbecue in san diego you don't know, no. we got a couple places that may be a little comparable to jack stack but no it's uh it's a mexican food haven so i'm i'm excited and uh, i don't I don't usually get Mexican food like that. Um so it's it's going to be really fun, but man, even more fun is is that series. Holy smokes, two of them in April.
0: Yeah, and and you know, remember we were talking back in spring training, you know, when Alex Anthopoulos, you know, made it very clear that when he set the opening day roster, he valued options over that opening day roster. Well, here we are 3 weeks into the season. The Braves have already used 33 players.
2: Yeah. Um Michael Tonkin is still on the roster and has done a phenomenal job, you know, despite the home run he gave up today. Danny Young's pitching some innings for this team right now. Uh, Danny Bryce Young's kind of
0: nasty, man.
2: That's a wicked he, hook. Yeah, yeah. And Bryce Elder's look good, man. Bryce Elder has given up, I think it's eight earned runs over his last 50 and a third innings, dating to last August. I mean, he's been unreal. And then you've got Chadwick Tromp making a start, Jared Schuster, Dylan Dodd, And we mentioned Tonkin and Young. Um, Nick Anderson's been up when he was previously optioned toward the end of camp. It's a really big group, and my focus sometimes goes to the outfielders uh, because in camp, they brought in a lot of guys you were like, okay, like this is promising. But a group of outfielders doesn't matter if it's a group of bad outfielders. But the Braves don't have a group of bad outfielders. Like These guys are coming around, like Pilar... Um, in his spots, uh, has served whatever role they've needed from him. Sam Hilliard's getting everyday playing time and has been very good in center. Eli White's up now, but Hilliard, to me specifically, has been very encouraging.
0: And the way he stepped up to, to fill the void with Michael Harris down. And you know, we talked in spring training, but he had all the tools. It seems like now he's kind of found that tool bag.
2: 100%. And there's always something to it. What I love about this job is... The access to go inside the clubhouse isn't just like, oh, you get to be around all these players, you get to go to the games, eat some food, all that. You get to learn these guys' stories um, and kind of where they came from or what happened, the the pivotal parts in their journeys um, on and off the field. But on the field for Sam Hilliard, he made a really difficult decision last August, told me, you know, kind of an interview we'll play right now, but told me that he basically abandoned everything he'd been doing uh for the last couple of years in pro ball so um this is kind of how he started to find himself again and get back to a good spot I'm trying my best to have my brain get out of the way
5: and let my body just be athletic and get into this the move and the position that felt most comfortable to me and um and then kind of build off of that so i feel like that's kind of where it started and just feeling more like an athlete in the box and being able to compete sit up there thinking about you know where my hands are where my lower body's doing um you know i was never trying to consciously think about that but i never felt truly comfortable in the box and say oh, it was it was kind of impossible to like free my mind it more...
2: what did it feel like what was that moment like when it clicked and you kind of
5: felt free yeah, yeah it felt great you know it was in triple so it was like it's the big leagues you know pitching's a little bit different you know, I felt like it was going to translate, but I knew that that's probably going to be the thought of other people, like, will it translate. Uh, so it was definitely a good feeling, you know. A lot of pressure was off me at that time. I felt like, you know, if there was ever a time I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to get sent down to AAA, like, I'm going to I'm gonna do it my way. I'm going to go out my way, basically. And, uh, you know, I'm really happy that I decided to make that decision because
2: mm. it's i I've just been feeling better ever since. Was that like a thing where it's like, you know, obviously, coaches are great, but sometimes, you know, if you go through the levels or maybe you're too many cooks in the kitchen and you get told this stuff and you're maybe, I guess you, is it like a thing where you kind of get away from, from what you're doing? Like after all this instruction, you kind of got away from maybe like what would help you most? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, you know, every coach we ever
5: had, had their, had my best interest in mind you know, I truly believe that. And they're trying to help me. And I, certainly struggled the way I used to hit and we made some adjustments along the way and it's course over several years and we made some adjustments. They worked briefly, stopped working. And then uh, before you knew it, a year and a half later, I was like, I don't even feel like the same hitter anymore. I don't feel like myself. I forgot what I used to be. And uh, it, it took forever for me to kind of find that again. I feel like I, I'm on the right path, if, you know, if not a, a founder, I can feel like myself again. And at the very least, you know, I can say that if it doesn't work out, then I'm going to do it my way, and I'm going to feel like myself. But I'm happy with the way it's going, and I I think uh, I think you know I'm in a good spot. And uh, what does for you? What does that athletic in the box mean? Like, what does that look like? or How'd you get there? Well, for me, it it basically means standing up tall, hands free and loose, a little bit open stance. Um, and you know not feeling like a robot up there right I, I know I probably never really looked like a robot but that's what I felt like you know my hands weren't in the right spot uh, I felt like you know my timing was off I had no rhythm and now I'm, I'm just kind of up there uh, you know I don't even think about where my hands are they just go to where they go I'm on time and I got rhythm and I'm just up there competing and obviously I got a, a detailed you know uh, approach about what depending on who the pitcher is. and But, uh, you know, I have clear intent, and I'm just letting myself be an athlete if you're not thinking.
0: It's good to know that even the best athletes in the world can get tied up in their own heads sometimes, too. <laughs> you mean it's not just only us? <laughs> no.
2: Baseball specifically, man, That it, it's every day. It's 8, 10, 12 hours a day. It is a game where literally like sometimes if you try harder or play harder, it doesn't work. It's kind of like golf in that way. It's very routine oriented. Rhythm is important. Reps are important. Um, I think I. it fascinated me that Sam Hilliard a little early in that, you know, when I started talking to him said when the Rockies sent him down uh, to triple A Albuquerque last year, he basically just abandoned everything. He just almost, I don't want to say tore it to the ground, but he was like, all right, you know, if I'm gonna fail, like I'm gonna fail on my own terms. If I'm ever gonna set get sent down again, like it's gonna be because what I'm doing, what makes me feel like myself, isn't working. Um, and so to take that bet on yourself is yeah, it's a difficult decision. Like he's, you know, by nature, team guy, um, very like, hey, it's just all about the team. Listen to the coaches. It's so it's not like he was rebelling. It's just that he was almost following his own path forward, uh, doing what worked for him, what he believed might be good. Um, and it's, it, it's gotten here. We'll see if it lasts, but it's gotten him to a point where he's making some noise now in maximize and maximizing his opportunity uh, with Michael Harris on the injured list um, until you know further notice.
0: And somebody else has probably maximized his opportunity better than anyone on this team is Michael Tonkin, who has written quite a story for himself this year. To be in
5: this clubhouse, surrounded by superstars, and go out there and help out is huge. I mean, it's why I've been doing what I've been doing for the past five, six years to get back and be
0: here. Thirty-three year old, who's six foot seven, picked up his first W in seven years on Tuesday.
5: There's definitely times where it's like I, you know, think maybe this is it, um, but. I got opportunities to, like from Long Island, from Aguilas and Dominican Toros in Mexico, and I mean, I appreciate every opportunity I've gotten because without those, I'm not here.
0: The seventh inning didn't go so good on Sunday, but uh, let's back up for just a second. Michael Tonkin pitched in the seventh inning of a two-run Braves game this season. That just shows how good he has been to get things going.
2: Yeah, and Brian Snickers said after the game that the Braves were trying to stay away from a couple guys, and that's why he was going against uh, the lefty there, Pascantino. But, I mean, honestly, and this is no disrespect to Michael at all, but it really seemed like maybe his stay with the big league team might be a little short. And the fact that it hasn't been has just been an incredible story of perseverance um, and a testament to how performance is king. They saw him perform in D.C., and they figured, you know what, like— if he's going to pitch like that, we can't DFA him. We can't lose him. He's on this roster right now. It's like Jackson Stevens last year. You see these guys who they're out of baseball for a while, um, and then they're back in, and they make their mark. And Michael Tonkin's uh, that same guy. I think before this year, his last uh, major league game was 2017? Yeah, six years ago. Wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a long time. Um, really, really awesome story. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the ones you live for it's like one of the ones we really really love to see and you just respect guys like that who keep at it who take any opportunity they get whether it be in another country in indie ball um grind through the minors um it's baseball is full of guys trying to be a michael tonkin story not everybody makes it um and so he deserves all the props in the world
0: Listen to where he's been. And this, I'm just straight off reading off his baseball reference page, so go take a look at it. Started in rookie ball in 2008. By the time he got to 2010, he was in Mil- uh, Beloit in Singelay, then Elizabethton in uh, rookie ball in the Appalachian League, back to Beloit in 2011, 2012, Fort Myers, Beloit again, Peoria, 2013, Rochester, AAA, New Britain, AA, got to the majors in 2013 with the Twins, back in Rochester in 2014, back with the Twins, Rochester in 2015, Twins in 2015, Twins in 2016, Rochester in 2017, Twins in 2017, then he goes to Japan to play with the Nippon Ham Fighters for a year, he's in San Antonio, Reno, Long Island in 2019, Played in the Dominican Republic in winter ball in 2020, 2021. He's in Long Island. Then he's with Tijuana in the Mexican League. Then he goes with the Gilas in the Dominican League. Then he's in Gwinnett County in 2022, and then with the Braves in
2: 2023. Yeah, yeah, um, man. And I'll, I'll take. Uh, so I'll just let our listeners know that I'm going to take the hosting duties right now. While, J- while Jay goes <laughs> and gets a glass of water after that one. That's that's, uh, a, that's impressive, man that's yeah that's a really long list man and it's just this is such a brutal game that guys like you hear guys say it all the time it will beat you down um year after year after year of doing it especially he wasn't on uh he wasn't on chartered flights to san diego and kansas city and dc and uh st louis and anywhere i mean this is a guy who has paid his dues um you know and and then some and then really has gotten back uh to an opportunity that you know he really dreamed of um, and it's really really cool I, you just really respect him and um it's a feel-good story uh and it, hopefully it shows kids that you know are younger or even players that are just younger you know even 25 year olds 26 year olds 27 year olds who are struggling or 22 year olds who are trying to make it up hopefully it shows all of them that it's possible um and it can be done if you believe it enough and if you want to do it enough and to stick with it
0: all right now some of the reinforcements will be here on monday max is back
2: yeah, Max Fried returns, uh, and as Kyle Wright said, he's a winner, man. They, uh, Kyle Wright said he leads us, we follow, and um, he's going to be back on the mound Monday after a left hamstring strain. Bryce Elder made three starts um, in his place, but theoretically, I mean, Max only really missed like two you know, two of his starts because he was really like three starts, but because he was scheduled to start April 5th, April 10th, Then if he stayed online here Sunday in Kansas City. So theoretically, he really only missed the minimum time on the injured list. He could have been activated today, Sunday. They'll activate him tomorrow, uh, Monday. And who knows what the roster crunch will be and who the casualty will be. But I think because he's got options, I think it's going to be Danny Young.
0: Any update on Michael Harris?
2: He hasn't started taking BP yet as of Saturday when we talked to him. He doesn't know what his timeline is. But it seemed like he said that he could probably play in the upcoming week um at some point so who knows if he's eligible Monday but you know don't expect I wouldn't expect that because he hadn't you know started taking BP yet but maybe by the next homestand I I think it might might be realistic
0: gonna be a measuring stick week for the Braves anyway and uh, this past week has not gone as well for the Padres as did for Atlanta
2: no uh they really scuffled man um they struggled they lost three or four to the Brewers um they lost two or three to the Mets And one of those is a winnable game and didn't really look great. Blake Snell hasn't been great. Juan Soto is very, very, very good, but is struggling. Manny Machado hasn't found it yet full time. They don't have a lot of guys in their lineup that are clicking at the same time like the Braves do. And the interesting part of this, Jay, is that when the Padres went to Atlanta, it was kind of the same deal. Braves were hot. Padres were kind of, you know, kind of waiting to find it. The Padres take three or four, and then the Padres, again, are trying to you know find it a little, kind of lost their footing. And the Braves are hot. So we'll see what happens when they meet. But I'll tell you this, and don't read a ton into it, but I, I know that you know they've won six in a row. They've had consecutive sweeps. Multiple Braves players um, after the game here Sunday mentioned that, hey, we didn't play well against the Padres last time. They kind of took it to us, uh, and so they're ready for that rematch.
0: And then uh, Braves are back home this weekend to get the world champs.
2: That'll be a good one. Uh that Houston team. Holy smokes. I mean, so we we were there and watched that hot Philly team and when we're there you're thinking, man, are these guys going to lose? Like are they unbeatable this October? Well, Houston hit the no hit those guys uh in <laughs> yes, Philadelphia. They did. And then won the World Series. Um but the Astros are kind of struggling to find their footing right now cuz of some injuries.
0: Yeah, it's over the Phillies.
2: Yeah, yeah, the Phillies. Oh my god. I mean, I I know they they were up big over the Reds today, but here's the thing, man. Phillies, holy smokes. I mean, they... It looks like a disaster over there. Like It looks like a quintessential Philly 2018-2019-2020 unmitigated disaster. Luckily, it's early. They've got a ton of talent. They should find themselves and steady out a little bit.
0: 14 runs against the uh, Reds on Sunday. 23 hits. So I took it to the Reds at least on Sunday. But now uh, let's get on to the Ask Justin segment where I answer Braves fans' questions on Twitter at... Justin C.
2: Toscano. All
0: right, uh, first up, and we got a few of these from Chris Woolsey. Will the Braves ever lose again? Everybody feeling confident after beating... Six, or after winning six in a row.
2: I 162-0 100, is not in play, but 158-4 and four is still in play. Uh-huh. It's funny, for the amount of things we've discussed, the injuries, uh not playing well against San Diego, struggling a little bit against the Reds, best record in the NL.
0: Missing ace during that time, starting center fielder who won the rookie of the year, starting shortstop now for a few games, catcher and designated hitter, closer, setup man. Brains are still in first place
2: yeah how much room does that give them to get better it's it's kind of if you're another team you're like dude how how do we beat these guys like if if they're losing they're missing all these guys and they're still rolling through teams that uh, they're on a mission
0: but it is still April and and this reminder from Dayton from Nebraska as someone who attended the series in Kansas City over the weekend my question is this what is warmth
2: uh yeah well this series was cold man like I was waiting. Kansas City is one of those places where the stadiums, um, and so Kauffman's right next to Arrowhead. Arrowhead's very cool. Uh, Never been there for a game, but very cool from the outside. Cool architecture. But the stadiums are kind of out of the way of downtown. So it's one of those stadiums where you might have to wait 15 minutes for an Uber. Like, I don't think I've waited under 15 minutes this weekend yet. And yesterday, man, after that game that was supposed to start at 310, started at 545, and I was out of there by... 10 instead of you know 530 40 degrees with the wind blowing 15 miles an hour Mm. oh my God it it almost reminded me why I love Atlanta so much
0: (laughs) next up from uh, Jorge Rosario Matzik I don't think that's his real name is there actually a line that Ozuna would have to cross on the field to cause him to be DFA'd with the contract that really might not be but if there is it's hard to see it being much lower than what he's done so far this year there was a lot of Ozuna questions today
2: yeah, I know, and I feel like we're going to answer these every single episode, which is totally fine. We're here to serve the people. I honestly think my gut says that there's no way they can let this last the entire this last the entire season. Hit below 100. Yes, so I think he wondered, Jorge wondered if it could get much lower. Yes, it could. If this or something close to it lasted into the middle of May, toward June. I think you have to think about it if you're the Braves like you have to be like especially with the money you're making from the battery things like that like I know Liberty Media controls all but it's like I think you have to think about it if it's really hamstringing the team but it isn't so far like they're winning despite him he's a guy who can hit for some power if he gets going will he ever get going we don't know but I think I think it's got to last like this into May um, and toward June for them to, to think about it because they've made it pretty clear that they're just going to carry this guy because of the, the contract.
0: Next up from Billy coffee, serious question. Can Ozuna not go down to AAA and try to figure it out there?
2: Yes. So once you're over five years of service time, you lose like the options. So you have to consent to a minor league assignment, um, if you're over five years of service time. So like, for example, say Marcelo Zuna never got optioned after he debuted. He doesn't still have three options. He's got over five years of service time in Major League Baseball. So he actually like can't um couldn't you know, he can't be optioned. Um, he would have to consent to being optioned. Um, if you wanted to take him off the roster or you'd have to I guess just DFA him, I believe. But um, but you know, he he has to consent to being optioned and like no, that's that just wouldn't happen.
0: Next up from Anthony. Do you have a feel for the three likely bullpen arms to be moved for Freed, McHugh, and Iglesias, who currently in the bullpen still has options? You already mentioned Danny Young, probably a candidate.
2: Yeah, yeah, I would think Danny Young. Um, McHugh and Iglesias, man, you got two spots there. I mean, that's that's really, really, really tough, and you're not really carrying an extra like position player. You're carrying extra bullpen arms. I think if Michael Tonkin doesn't produce like he has if it goes down if he gets a little if you know if it gets a little bit worse then like he could be an odd man out because i just don't see like if you're pitching nick anderson in eighth inning situations he's got options but how do you send a guy like that down right um i don't know though he's got options and they've shown they prioritize depth so maybe they do but if he's going to be a late inning reliever like he's been um at least when guys are injured how can you send a guy like that down especially if a guy like Kirby eight still hasn't found his footing but I don't, like, this is my prediction, and you never want to wish, like, injury on anybody, so I, I'm not doing that, but look at how many of the things we've talked about have worked themselves out by different situations. Like, I don't think the Braves will actually need to make three moves.
0: And finally, from Benji Godwin, does it seem like as a possibility for when Arcia is back healthy that Grissom stays up if he plays well, potentially getting some DH starts since his bat plays at this level or split time with Arcea at short?
2: Sure, like if if they need it on the roster, like if somebody else goes down or something like that, and he was going to get majority of DH starts and, and a couple shortstop ones, but I don't really see the benefit. Like in terms, unless he's making a huge impact on the lineup, he's better off working on his defense in AAA, like becoming a better player and developing and being more well rounded. And I know they don't want him on the bench just to kind of rot. And like, it depends how long, right? Like if Grissom plays well for two months, then he might usurp Orlando Arcea as Arcea gets back going you never know you know you never know but Arcia didn't do anything to lose his spot so if this is like a quicker thing like I don't think they split time as much as Grissom just like going down and and kind of just keeping developing I told you'd be a little longer than normal but uh, here we are with winners of the week I mean can you can you pick anybody else but Sean Murphy
0: <laughs>
2: hard hard to uh, Yeah, he's just had an incredible week. I already know I'm going to have to write that short story tomorrow and Monday when I get to San Diego about him being the NL player of the week. Is there anybody? I don't know. But it's got to be Murph. Um, Man, he's just had a great, great week. Uh, It's a testament to his hard work and his preparation.
0: Speaking of Murph, uh, one of my options was uh, the 1982 Braves. Because I still have the record, uh, tied for the record, uh, a 13-game winning streak to start the season because the Braves lost
1: on Game 14.
0: Uh, the uh, my, my pick will be uh, Rick Kranitz, Brace pitching coach, for what he did with Spencer Strider on Wednesday.
1: Kind of got away from him for a little bit, and I think Kranitz's visit was probably the best visit I've ever seen and kind of, I think, you know, got him refocused on what he was doing.
0: So I'll well, let Spencer take it from here on what was said. Yeah, I
1: give credit
4: to Kranitz for coming out there and uh, saying some things to me that I won't repeat, and uh, I think that's, that's what I need to be here. So, you know, that's the mark of a good coach is knowing when they really Light the fire, and he he definitely does.
2: And I really thought it was interesting what he said about his velocity.
4: I'm aware of that. Some of what I've been struggling with is that I've been trying to pace myself and worry about going deep into the game and, and being economical, and that's not it's not what I do. So the, the what will what will allow me to do those things is competing as I you know with my strengths, and that's throwing with full intensity and um, being fully engaged. Uh, and aware every pitch, and I haven't been doing that. So
2: that's my fault. Yeah, Spencer's as candid um, and really as uh, analytical as it gets, he really, really looks at himself that way. But he's got a good balance in terms of just going out and competing, and he knows that's you know what he needs to do is go out and compete. The way he's successful isn't by pacing himself. It's by going full bore, um, just going right at guys, attacking, throwing as hard as he can, Um, and we'll see if he – makes that next adjustment, you know, that adjustment for his next start on uh, Tuesday in San Diego. But the best is yet to come for him.
0: All right, so that's uh, where we will leave it uh, right there because Justin's got to head on over to uh, California get ready for the big series against the Padres. So uh, thanks to everybody for taking part in our uh, survey. We're going to keep it in the show notes throughout the season. So anytime you got uh, something you want to tell us, go ahead and uh, please uh, fill it out. And also uh, rate, review, follow, share, and uh, tell all your friends and tell your enemies. We're having a good time here on the show.
2: Yeah, we really are. We really are. So thanks, everybody, for listening and uh, for allowing us to do this, supporting us. We're going to keep it coming. Um, as long as the weeks, you know, not all the weeks are going to be as packed as this one, but there's no shortage of things to talk about. We'll, we'll pack them ourselves.
0: All right, and if you uh, want to follow up on anything that we talked about here, uh, please check the show notes uh, for links to all of uh, Justin's stories. And we will back with you on Monday or when major news breaks here on the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.